Thank you. Hi, guys. How you doing? I'm so excited to be up here right now. And uh, when Pastor uh, Jim and Dina had gave me the call and they said, hey, you know, we're doing a Kingdom Builder Sunday. It's about marriages. It's about family. It's about next gen. Do you have, what do you think? Um, we pray over our meals. I felt like I was praying over ice cream that's melting in my hand. I was like, yeah, amen. I'm like, yes, I want to do it. It was awesome, and I'm really excited about speaking today. Then I started thinking about all of, you know, hi, guys over there. Sorry this thing got in your way. It will be gone in a second. But um, I was uh, thinking of all the cool stuff to talk about, even just, just in kids. And then you have young adults, and you have the next gen, and, and then marriages. I'm like, how many hours do I have to speak about this? Because there's a lot to cover, right? Um, and I, uh, my, my name is Les Hathon. Oh, hi, everybody online. Just want to say hello there. And um, as Pastor Jim had said, this is, where I, this is where I got saved, right over there where uh, the Coxes are sitting, somewhere in there. Pastor Jim was in a, uh, in a green bed sheet. I've seen it. It was an Easter Sunday back in the day, and uh, we used to do these big Easter plays, and Pastor Jim was a green, in a green bed sheet doing the thing. I think he was uh, Peter doing the, doing the deal. I have no idea what he said. Just the image of the green bed sheet, though, <laughs> is right there in my head. And uh, I raised my hand. I gave the life to the Lord. I still had Garth Brooks in the uh, CD player. There was a CD player. It was on a CD before everything else. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was still, I was still me but God started to do a work in me. He started to do a work in me. And from that point on, uh, it was cool. Uh, the belong, believe, behave started way back then. I, I felt like I belonged, and then I believed. And eventually, I'm working, I'm still behaving. Yes, my wife. No, I'm just joking. But um, anyway, yeah, I'm excited. So uh, as Pastor Jim said, I want to introduce my uh, family. Look at that. Just look at that. Can you just see them? And I was going to go for the wonderful, fun picture, but uh, Pastor J.D. married my uh, second uh, daughter. We call her, yes, Marissa. I don't know where she's at. I think she's down there serving right now. But we named our daughters one, two, three, and 4. I don't know if you guys have ever done that. We just one, two, three, four. My sons, we don't name them because I have no sons. But I have two son-in-laws, so that's pretty fantastic. And then Angelo married my uh, eldest daughter, Taylor. But this is actually a really good picture of them. That's all our family. Everybody go, aw. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my family. They were so cute. Yesterday, how many parents could say, like, you remember when your kids were younger? It seems like yesterday there were five, right? Yesterday. And it, time goes by so fast. Um, today's service, I was, I was really praying about, you know, what to speak about today because um, there's so much and what areas to cover. Um, and the service, is, it's going to be past, present, and future past, present, and future. Going into King Builders, there's a huge future ahead of us that doesn't exist yet. God knows it, right? But we don't know what's, what it's going to be, but God knows it. So today we're going to talk about the past, present, and future. We're going to talk about next gen. Um, next gen is birth all the way through young adults and marriage ministry. Today, or this year, I get to uh, celebrate 25 years woo, with my wife. We ain't there yet. And uh, I love her so much. Uh, you complete me. You complete me, babe. Jerry Maguire, that's mine. I'm just letting you know. You complete me. Um, in love with my wife uh, ever since we met when we were teenagers, and uh, I love my family. As you're going to hear, I am a sappy family dad. I love my kids almost as much. I mean, Dan Abel loves his kids too, but I mean, I love my kids the moment they were born. Whatever, wherever they are, I'm like the dad that was hanging around. I'm like, what are we doing? Let's go play. Let's go hang out. Let's go do this. I learned how to do soccer. I was a soccer coach for my, one of my kids all, all the way through school. I don't even know how to play soccer, but I read the book. I'm like, how do I, I just want to spend time with you. I want to spend time with my kids, and I love my kids dearly. I love my wife dearly. So um, I'm the sappy family dad. I'm trying not to cry. So I was thinking about the past. That's me and my son room thinking about the past. And I have a lot of history here at the Freedom Center Church. Um, as, as I said, I got saved here. Um, but I was thinking about all the fun things that we've done here. Oh, my gosh. Summer spectaculars, big pumpkin fests. Um, I drove cars where you guys are sitting after we got new carpet. 
And Dean is like, do not mess up the carpet. I'm like, ah, it'll be good. We just drove really slow. We'd drive in movie nights here and watch, in, watch movies here. I didn't get in too much trouble. I mean, <laughs> we had so much fun. So I was looking at the past, and I'm like, you know, what's better than actually show you guys some pictures of the past? Um, if you guys can look up there. We have, hey, look at that. There's Pastor Ian. He was Obi-Wan Kenobi. That really happened. We had Lego. Look at all those kids in those pictures. We had rave runs. We actually had a rave. Yeah, that's a rave. We were always that free, dumb center. We always thought we were just free. We didn't always do the right things. I'm just joking. But no, we, our, our church and these pictures are to show you that we are about reaching everybody out there in the world, right? We want to reach you right where you are. Um, Look, I'm wearing pants with holes in them, right? We're a very comfortable church, you know? We're like in the sweatpant church. But um, we want to reach people where they are, right? We're not about, you know, dress up in your tightest, most uncomfortable clothes. Um, we want you guys to belong here, right? The best way to do it is to show the neighborhood um, who we are. Here's some pictures of camp, reminiscing of camp. How many kids went to camp, to kids camp or youth camp? You guys got to, like, make noise. Just say, woo, or something. There you go. <laughs> They're all raising their hand quietly because mom and dad's there. There's some pictures of some camps, some more summer spectacular. Hey, there's Jesse. This is a car smash. Check this out. So one of our big pumpkin fests, uh, we got this car, and I thought it would be a great idea because everybody has this pent up. They just want to destroy stuff. So we got a car, and we vandalized it. And that was pretty fun. And then we tore it apart, and then uh, the fire department came and chopped it up with their big scissors. And that was a lot of fun for the families, and <laughs> that was a big pumpkin fest. Uh, and then there's one more uh, mega camp. There's some youth camp. You guys might recognize some people in there. Some gaga ball in here. <laughs> the pure pro wrestling. We, we set up a wrestling ring in the middle here, and I got on the top turnbuckle, and like my kids were uh, Sammy the Slammer, Dakota the Destroyer. And this was all about just reaching our community. We invited them in. I know, you guys aren't believing me. It really happened. You guys are like, ah, he's making this stuff up. No, we really had a wrestling ring right here in the middle of the auditorium. And we invited, our, we invited the whole community to come to check this out. And we got a chance to share the gospel at that. So it's just some things that we do um, or that we've done. But these are all things in the past. And that's my point. Because God moves, right? We can't live in the past. Those were great. And those were a lot of fun, right? But well, we can't live there. So today what we're going to do is we're going to open our Bibles to Joshua 4, 1 through 9. Or your electronic. Or just read with me because it's going to be up there in a second. And you all know that, don't you? <laughs> so we're going to read um, uh, back in the Old Testament. Uh, this is a really cool story. Before I uh, get into the word, I want to set it up. This is where uh, Moses was out in the wilderness. He went to Pharaoh. He said, let my... Thank you very much. Let my people go. He's like, nah. And then you got the 10 plagues. That all happened. He crossed the Red Sea, put his staff in the air, Charlton Heston. He didn't really do it. But uh, Red Sea parted. Ah! They went across in the promised land, right? So now they're, I'm sorry, they, they went across in the wilderness. Now they're in the wilderness. They're no longer under that bondage. They're no, under, they're no longer slaves. But things were different for them. How many of you guys can say things are different in 2021, even, in the last 14 months, right? Things are different. Things were different for them. They didn't have their home they went home to, but um, even food, right? They can't go down to Walmart or go down to Taco Bell and pick up some food. Things were different for them. They didn't have that back then, by the way. Things were different for them, right? But they were no longer oppressed or no longer slaves, but then they had other needs, water, food, Right? So they grumbled for a season to God about these things. Um, kind of fast forward, long story short, God kind of kept them in that wilderness for how many, how many years? 40 years. All right. Y'all get free water. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, for 40 years, right, that generation passed away. God raised up a new, new leader named Joshua. Joshua got the amazing uh, ability and the... Uh, the leadership opportunity to lead the people into the promised land. This is a fulfilled, cool part. Now, keep, keep in mind, there's like 3 million-ish people, uh, slaves, or they're free now, but they're getting ready to cross over the Jordan River. Back in this time, the Ten Commandments was written. The Ten Commandments uh, 
was the laws, right? Because the people needed food, they got manna, they needed water. Uh, they were started messing up, so God gave them some rules through the Ten Commandments. They kept the Ten Commandments in the Ark of the Covenant. Very, very holy. Um, this is the presence of the Lord, okay, in the Ark of the Covenant. So much so that they had, uh, you know, sheets around it. Only the priests were allowed to be near it. You got three million people. They're getting ready to cross the Jordan River. The Jordan River is at flood stage. It's about two miles wide and about 20 miles long at this time. And you got three million people that need to, need to cross it. So what the Lord had said to Joshua um, was to have the Ark of the Covenant go up to the Jordan River. And before, before when we get into this here, I want you guys to imagine, if you can, in your mind. I like imagination. I like to kind of think of it. Like, how it would have been when you were there, right? You've seen your, your parents, they raised you. All you really know is this wilderness. Sand, dirt, you know, your food came to you every morning. You've left, left in this kind of unusual space and time, right? You hear about this God that has a promise for you, a land for you, right? Think about that just for a moment, kind of, kind of put you into their shoes and what God's about ready to do here. Now, now this is the moment. This is the moment that God's going to give you this land. This is the, this, I mean, are you getting chills? Can you see my chills? Y'all should have some chills. I got some to share. This is the moment that God has promised them. This is the moment that they're going to fulfill. This is Christmas morning where you're going to open the present. This is like it's Christmas Eve and tomorrow morning you get to open the present. This is that time when God's going to fulfill this promise that has been cast for all these years. This is cool. So he, what he did is he told Joshua to have the Ark of the Covenant go with the priests. And as soon as they, the priests with the Ark of the Covenant, as soon as they touched the water with their toe, the water stopped flowing. Isn't that cool? We go, ah. Oh. Okay, cool. It was awesome. Can you imagine? It was kind of like the Red Sea moment, but the water stopped flowing. It was like, I got, I got the Ark of the Covenant. First of all, if I had the Ark of the Covenant, I'd just be like, my heart would be racing 100 miles an hour. But anyway, and then you touch the water, and it just stops flowing. So the priests take the Ark of the Covenant, and they start walking right in the middle of the river, and they stay there while the uh, three million people, all the Israelites, come and cross the Jordan River. So this is where we're going to pick up, okay? So the Ark of the Covenant is in the middle of the water with the priests. The people had now all crossed, and here's where we pick up our story. Are you ready? All right, here we go. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you'll camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it on your shoulder, 12 stones in all. One for, each 12, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We'll use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us, of what the Jordan, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever pretty cool. It's neat that, um, it's neat that we can look back at the past. I mean, I'm telling you, what's our testimony? A testimony is a, a place where God moved in our life, right? God brought me out of whatever it might have been and brought me to this new place. This cool little story is about God moving and doing something really, really awesome in their lives. And they can go back when their faith is drained when they start losing hope, when they have a bad day, they can go back and they go, oh, yeah. God still loves me, right? But they can't stay there. So when we live in the past, 
We can't experience the present, and we can't move towards the future. So God didn't intend Joshua to cross the Jordan and set up camp and just live in that place, right? They didn't bring a memorial to be like a little totem pole to come back every day and go, hey, just going over to the memorial. We're just going to go check it out on our way fishing, right? God didn't bring that memorial. He didn't have them build this memorial for them to live there. God had a future for Joshua. He had a future um, for the Israelites, right? He had a future. There's new places to go. This is cool and important, and we can look back at what we've done, but guess what? We're not there anymore. We got a whole new future ahead of us, right? We got a whole new future ahead of us. Remember this, but remember it. Don't live there, right? So even all these cool things, I mean, all these cool things we've done, there's still new cool things. I mean, we're not, a, we're not done being cool and cool and creative, right? So I'm just saying all those cool history things, all the cool things that we've done here at the Freedom Center Church, we're not done doing new and inventive new cool things, right? We just can't stay there and go, yeah, but it was cool and we did that and we don't, maybe we don't do it anymore or things are a little bit different. That's okay because God moves and things change, right? God moves and things change. I'm glad he does. That's cool. So let's talk about the present. Here's the present state of the union. Actually, not really, but <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Um, here's the present time, the day that we're in, right? Present is right now. What's happening right now? I was a kid's pastor here for the last eight and a half years. Guess what I do now? I had a part-time gig of selling cars. That's not my full-time gig. And my not really part-time thing, but I got these part-time opportunities to speak here. I spoke at a church last week. I'm tonight and the next week. It's pretty cool that God's like, I got you, man. You just do you, boo. I got you. I got you. I'm here for you. Things are different for Les Hathon right now than it was, a, you know, a year and a half ago. It is different for us right now than it was a year and a half ago. Going into work used to be a thing. Now people work from home. Who would have thought that would have ever happened, right? Things are different right now. Because of the things that are different right now, sometimes we can't see we can't see what's next because we can live in the past. Let me tell you a story real quick. This isn't in my notes, but let me tell you this. I got a neat opportunity, um, and I do sell cars. And I'm not going to tell you where because it's not important right now, okay? But I want to tell you something. I don't care about, <laughs> I shouldn't say I don't care about rules. <laughs> That's wrong. Um, I'm going to be a witness to, the, to God, and I don't care the cost. Is that, is that Okay. Like, I'm not going to suppress who I am in Christ to fit into a culture standard. So I sold my first car, and it was to a, a young lady and her grandfather. And I remember this day like it was yesterday. I'm like, okay, I'm doing this now. And then they bought the car, and God's like, is that it? I'm like, no. He's like, so you're just going to go sell cars now? I'm like, no. He's like, all right. And it was like kind of like dad's watching you fix a car or something. He's just hanging out. He's like, you're going to bring me into this? I'm going to have to slap you silly. So I, uh, I asked him, I said, um, and I was like a 12-year-old going through that one time in their life. I was like, do you mind if I, can I pray? Do you pray? Can I pray with you? Pray. You. Me? I don't know what I said. I was like, I was like, so crazy. I was a pastor for the last eight and a half years. I've been loving the Lord my whole life. And I'm asking a complete stranger to see if I can pray with them or if they need prayer for anything. And that was like, I've never done it before. I got a chance to pray with them. The old man took his hat off, and I think he thought we were doing Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> and the young lady, I was like, okay, oh, we, oh you don't, we don't hold the, okay. It was weird. I was out of my comfort zone. It was different. It was different, right? I can't tell you how many people or new opportunities I've had a chance to pray with people if I was still here. Those people would not have that opportunity to experience me or the Father if I was here. You guys get that opportunity too. We all do, right? It's just you got to see it and do it. But there's a difference in praying in church with people or church, playing with believers, which is definitely important and a thing, but it doesn't, it doesn't stretch your faith as much as a complete stranger, right? As a complete stranger. So it's been very cool. I've had one customer come in, and uh, she came in, and she said, this is what you don't say to a salesperson. 
my car's told that I have $12,000 and I'm going through a divorce. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, man. I sat her down and we talked and she cried. I told her about Jesus and I didn't even have a car for her. And she got up and she's like, I never was supposed to come in here for a car. I said, no. Have a great day. Wouldn't have happened, right? I'm not going to cry. I'm going to hold strong. Let's move on to the present. I'm a sappy family dad, and I love my kids like crazy. Sometimes too much, I admit. My kids are, are getting older, and uh, what I realize is time is fleeting. It's very fast. I'm wearing bifocals, two weeks old. I can't even, I'm trying to figure out how to read this thing. It's weird. Why am I getting bifocals? I don't feel that old to get bifocals, but I do. I got them. I'm in them. There's my, you guys are my therapy group. Thank you very much for being here. <clears throat> I'm getting old. But every, every stage of life has seasons, right? Here's my little visual. Ooh, this is heavy. These are what? Gumballs. When your, when your kids are born, these little gumballs ex- represent a weekend. When your kids are born, you have 936 weekends from newborns to eight year, 18 years old. 18 years old, newborn to 18 years old, it doesn't mean you're done being a parent at 18, but your sphere of influence has changed when they get 18 years old or when they're getting close, right? They're no longer, you're, you're coaching them through life. You're coaching them through life, right? It's different. So at newborn, you have all of these weekends. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. I mean, you learn to be a dad. I, oh, changing diapers. I started racing like the pee diapers I would do because, you know, pee's not bad. You just wipe, bam, 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 bam. And then you think you're NASCAR, right? Changing a tire. You're like, I got this. Let me see. The tape, the sticky thing, and bam. It's like, man, t- like, it was like seconds, right? Sorry to become a pro. The poopy ones, that's just a whole another story. It can be up the back. It's just gross. It's, it's just you got to phone a friend, call the wife. When they are newborn, you have 936 amazing weekends with them. You have an entire, you can't even think about time because they're an infant. They are, you are daddy, and you have all this time with them, right? But as time gets older, as you, my kids got older, things change. And as you're going to see here, at five years old, they have 676 weekends remaining until they're 18 years old. I don't know if you guys can see that. You guys can see that okay? 576 week, or I'm sorry, 676 weekends at five years old left with you until they are 18 years old. And as you can see, it's like, oh, but there's still quite a bit left. There's still quite a bit left, right? But time is fleeting, going very fast. They're in kindergarten right now right? Newborn to kindergarten. Man, 312 at 12 years old. Isn't that crazy? The dad in me is like, I want time to stand still. You know, it's funny, I have, four, I have four daughters, and whenever I say I have four daughters to people, they usually go, oh, man, <laughs> woo-hoo, man, man. Because sometimes teenage girls, I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> teenage girls, it's different. I never even had a sister. I didn't even know how this worked. I was like, baby, what's going on? I don't know what's happening. My wife, and she's like, I got you. Like, we would tag team, and she's like, I got it. She'd make everything like, oh. I had no idea, like, how how much things change. But I'll tell you, even at 12 years old and 13 years old, uh, my youngest one's now 13. I, I don't brag. I'm like, they've been awesome. They've been cool. They've been great, you know. They haven't been crazy. They've been crazy at times, honestly. Sometimes they're crazy. But it's been awesome. Like, I, I don't have enough time with them. Me and my uh, 13-year-old played basketball the other day, and I knew I was speaking about today, and I just, like, I free-framed our moment. I'm like, man, my 25-year-old, this, these days are gone. My 21-year-old, this, 
we're not shooting hoops in the driveway. My 17-year-old, I love you, but you're like, she's gone that way. And then she's on that way. And she's work. And then she's doing this. And they got the car, so it's like, pew, pew. It's like, slow down. I want to date you. Let's go on a date. Right? My 13-year-old, we just hang out all the time. She goes with me to Home Depot. She's the only one that will go with me to Home Depot. <laughs> and probably because we go to Uncle Ray's soon thereafter. I got an ice cream problem. 52 weeks remaining at 17 years old. <clears throat> Man, time is flying, right? So the point of this is the present time, right? We might have kids that are newborns. We might have a 12-year-old, a 5-year-old, 12-year-old. We might have a 17-year-old. I guess the point of this is the present time that we're in right now, right? Right now, your kids are their age, right? But guess what? They're getting older, and time is, time is rolling. Make today count. Make the memories count. Go get ice cream. I love ice cream. And coffee. It's awesome. How many of you kids would like some ice cream? That's what I'm talking about. How many parents want some coffee? That's what I'm saying, right? But make today count. Go to somewhere. Go do something. Create a memory. Because I'm telling you, before you know it, they're going to be 18. It doesn't mean it's over. It's just different. Your, your, your relationship changes to, to friendships and more of an outward associate. <laughs> Does that make sense? I don't know. <laughs> You're a spectator on their life. They make decisions. Some of them are interesting. Some of them are interesting. Right? But things are different. Doesn't mean it's bad. I love my adult kids. They're awesome, and I love them like crazy, just as much as they were when they were little, but it's just seasons of life that change, Right? So that's the present time. Let's talk about the future. The future. Let's talk about next gen. All right. Man, I love kids. I love this next gen department. How many of you guys, I just want to, I don't know why, I just like noise. It's probably a bad thing for, uh, for social media. But um, let's talk about what the next gen is going to do this next year. I'm excited. We're going to send elementary kids, junior high, and senior high kids to camp. Are you guys excited? I am so excited. I am so excited. I've been to camp for the last eight and a half, I mean, for the last eight years, I've been, had a chance to go to elementary camp. And guess what? I got to go to elementary camp again this year. I don't know what I'm doing there. I'm doing something, but I'm going because I got to hang out with kids and speak life into them. I've seen so many kids' lives change at camp. Even the, the kids that run around and are crazy kids, because sometimes as parents or other adults, all we see is our crazy kids running around doing some stuff, right? But when you get a chance to see them go to an altar in a, in a week-long, three- or five-day camp experience, and they go to the altar, and they're seeking the presence of the Lord, and we've been there for three hours, and it's over, and they're still at the altar— and they know candy is ahead of, like, be it snack shack and then bedtime eventually, and they're still at the altar, and they forego candy to seek the Lord? I mean, come on. I mean, there's no junior Holy Spirit, right, guys? I mean, God has something in store for these kids. We sent a lot of kids to camp. Uh, back in 2019, we had 49 kids to camp, as we had mentioned before. 49 kids went to camp. 27 were sponsored. That's almost like, I don't know what math, but it's half, right? That's more than half, right? Yeah, I'm good with math. That's a lot. What if this year we don't have one kid that wants to go to camp that's not sponsored? Would that be awesome? I'm telling you, camp is awesome. Camp is cool. They got these cool things. I mean, they have, just like our church, right? We did all those outreach things to, sh to have fun because we're just human. We like to have fun, right? Camp is fun. They got go-karts. They got blobs. They got, you know, uh, what do you call it, high ropes courses. They got this thing where they pull you up by your underwear and you pull this thing and you sling it and they just, it's a human swing. I did it. It's kind of interesting. You just, you're, you're up there and you just get up there really fast. They just pull you and you're up there and you're looking and you're just dangling and you got to pull this little rope. How many of you guys have done that? Yes, it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Camp is that. Camp is like the cafeteria food. Camp is your counselor. Camp is 
awesome. It is so much fun. You get to hang out and sleep. You're making new friends from kids from all over the state that go there. You're creating memories. I remember one of the best experiences I had when I was a kid. I had a big brother, uh, like big brothers and big sisters. I had a big brother. And uh, anyway, I got sponsored to go to Camp Copenhagen for a week. I don't know how old I was, probably around 10, 12. I remember that week like it was yesterday. I went one time to camp. You know why I remember this? And I don't know why. Maybe I was a fat kid. But they gave me as much cereal as I wanted. My mom, I got, I love you, mom. I know you're watching. But she would buy the, uh, the shredded wheat in a log. You know? You'd pour it out and it'd just be clunk. That's it. And then you just stab it. And you're like, oh, this is good. I, nobody wanted to eat breakfast at my house. I went to camp. They had the little bowls of cereal. I saw Fruit Loops. I got six Fruit Loops. And I was like, I, no one's busting me. I could do this? I ate so much Fruit Loops that week. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. Everyone's experience is different, right? But camp is amazing. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the videos and of these kids that get sponsored to go to camp this year. <clears throat> also, Explore, Summer, Summer Spectacular Explore. That's happening the third week of June. And uh, it's cool, right? We've done a lot of cool things here. But this is new and this is different, and that's this year. There's kids out there that get to hear the word and have a cool time at church. And who knows, over the last year and a half, we need, these kids need to have some fun right? They are missing their friends. They're missing activities like they used to do. Let's have a safe environment where they can have some fun um, and just have a great experience, right? So explorers like the third week in June, we get to be part of that, get to get be a part of funding that as well. So I'm super excited. And then if a piano person can come up and then let's talk about marriage. Marriage. Marriage is made in heaven, but so is thunder and lightning. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's true. Um, my, uh, I, love my, I love my wife. We've had her ups and downs. She's threw stuff at me. I know. She doesn't seem like the person that would throw stuff at me. This, is your, this has been a minute ago. I mean, last week's been a minute. I mean, I'm just <laughs> No, we're good. Um, but uh, marriage is, I love marriage, and maybe you're not married yet. It doesn't mean... Uh, Every marriage is a healthy marriage or a great marriage, but that's why we have, we need to, we make sure we date our spouse, right? So our marriage ministry, we get to do date night to go boxes. And they just had a cool thing this last weekend. Um, just this last weekend, we gave away a whole bunch, right? Do we know how many? 40 date night to go boxes. I saw pictures on social media where everyone's having a date, dating their spouse. You know, it's funny, if we don't date our spouse, things can get cold, right? Things can get cold sometimes. Life gets busy. We have kids stuff. We have other things that happen in our life. But we need to make time and take a time out and go date our spouse. So the church has been able to put together some awesome date night to go boxes. So you can go do it. Do it when you can, but make sure you do it. So we get to be a part of that with Kingdom Builders. We're having two retreats this year. Two marriage retreats. And we get to um, pay for two speakers to come out and be part of that and speak life into marriages, into unity, right? That's pretty sweet. Continue training and resources for marriage, for marriage ministry. This one I'm really excited about. Counseling, counseling scholarships. I don't want one marriage and we don't want one marriage to end at all, right? but we don't want anyone to end because we couldn't afford counseling. I, I look at uh, kind of family, if you can picture my mind, like a, like a cruise ship, right? I like cruising, cruising is so cool, I love it. But think about a cruise ship, you have all these different decks, you have the fitness room, you have all these different levels and state rooms and Lido deck, I still don't know what that means, but you have it, it sounds like a fun place. You have these kids' zone areas and stuff like that, right? But think of the family like this cruise ship, or think of the church like this cruise ship. We could have amazing kids' ministry. I mean, we are legit having a blast, feeding in these kids, speaking life into these kids. But mom and dad are at the helm. 
And shame on us if we don't. You know? Get mom and dad what they need. If mom and dad aren't healthy, it doesn't matter how great the rest of the ship is, right? If mom and dad's relationship is heading to, I don't know, an iceberg or something, it doesn't matter how great the rest of the deck is. When we affect the family, we need to affect the entire family. I'm not saying mom and dad's more important than kids. I think it's both and, right? We want to we change the direction of that family. We want mom and dad to have a great, healthy relationship. We want them to date each other. We want marriages to be restored, you know? When we invest into the next gen, we help grow the experience and personal relationship with God. But when we invest into marriage, we help change the direction of the family. I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> you know, I love families. And I love kids. Time is ticking, guys. Maybe this is time with our kids as they get older. This could be time with your relationship. You know, with your relationship with your wife. I want this house, this house to be healthy and strong. I want our marriages to be healthy and strong. Some of you guys do this. In order to be healthy and strong, we need to have it in us, right? But <laughs> we get drained out sometimes, you know? I can picture a sponge. If you have a sponge and it's full of water, you, can, you can't see what's in there, but when you squeeze and you see the water come out. But sometimes we're living life with a dry sponge. There's nothing else to give. I'm going to have you guys go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads. I've been blessed enough to see this house fulfill my, my families. My family, I've seen families grow at this house. But i also seen families not so healthy in this house too. 2,000 years ago, God loved us so much, he sent his son to this world in, in flesh form, not to shame us into our convictions, but to make a place for us in heaven. Sometimes we hang on to the, the past and the past is kind of holding us back from the gift of what God has for us in our future. I'm telling you today, today's the day. You don't need to live there anymore. You don't need to hang on to those bags. You don't need to, to live in the past. God's just ready. He's ready for you guys to make a fresh start, to get a do-over. I love God's grace. We're not held to conviction of what happened in the past, but we get to be restored what's happening in the future. And God has a future for you that's, that's, that erases the past. And it only requires us to say, count me in. I want to do over. I want a fresh start. So all over this room with your eyes closed, if that's you today, and you're ready. Maybe this is your first time and maybe you just need to do over. You know? Life happens. It's been a crazy year and a half. And sometimes we can drift away and not even, not even realize it, but you know in your heart where you're at. And if today you're ready for a do-over, ready for a reset, on count to three, I'm just going to have you raise your hand. No one's looking around. Kids, adults, youth, if you're ready for a reset, ready to change, ready to be that witness, who you are in here, and who you are out there. If you're ready to be that witness, that reset. One. Two. Three. Awesome. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Very cool. Go ahead and put your hands down. God loves you guys. I'm going to pray with you guys. If your kids are in here, hold them tight. Hold their hands. I'm going to pray for you guys right now. But if you could pray over your kids and your family, and maybe your kids are growing, maybe they're wherever they are, 
point your hands in the direction of wherever they may be. You know, maybe they're not in this room. Maybe they're in Florida. Maybe they're wherever they are. Just go ahead and put your hand in the air and just kind of pray. They could be adult kids, right? Our adult kids need prayer, wherever they might, may be, if they're not in the room. Maybe you guys are working on having kids. God knows the miracles that you want in your life, right? So, Lord, I pray right now over these families, over the new babies that are yet to be born, God, over the kids that are sitting next to us, God, over, over clean and new salvation that you just gave us today, God. I pray for fresh starts. I pray for your kingdom to come into our lives, God. Let us be witnesses wherever we are, God. I pray for health for our families. I pray for strength. I pray for us to not be scared of the world, but to declare who you are, your righteousness before men with no consequence of anything else, God. Lord, I pray for your church. I pray for Freedom Center Church. I pray for the leadership, Pastor Jim and Dean and all the pastors here, God, as you direct them in your path, God. I pray for um, just a complete blessing, God, in this church and on these grounds, God. I pray for those souls that are yet to be, let to hear your good word, God because they're out there and this is the year, this is the time. I pray for those kids at camp that are gonna hear the gospel, God, that it's gonna click and you're gonna become real for them, God, this year. I pray for explore, I pray for marriages, God. Let your blessing and your anointing come, God. I ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Can we say thank you to Pastor Luss as he's leaving? So I've been asked today, why marriage ministries? Why next gen? Why are they so important? So I'm going to share a story with you guys that I haven't even told my husband. I've been married 32 years. You would think I would have told him. Um, I was raised in the 70s, which was very much children are to be seen and not heard. And um, that's the way that I learned to live life. I'm to be seen and not heard. And when I was five, my brother started abusing me. And because I was taught children are to be seen and not heard, I just pushed it down. I took it in. I lived in fear because of my brother telling me if I told anyone that he was going to harm me and I would be in trouble. Um, Held that in until I was in third grade. And in third grade, I had a teacher that... I'm sure many of you remember this as well. If you went to school and you got in trouble for anything, you got double at home. Anybody else remember that? My third grade math teacher loved math. And we did flashcards. And for every flashcard you got wrong, you got a spanking. You get a spanking at home or at school, you get two at home. But because I had been taught you're to be quiet. You're not to be, I just pushed it all down. But every night before a test, my stomach would just get knots because I knew that next day a test was coming. And my dad was, oh man, you can ask my husband to this day, I don't know if you guys ever experienced it, but when a man whips his belt off, I'll say, don't do that. You can't do that. Um, That's how my dad spanked, man, whip that belt off. And um, so I would just, internalize it all and in third grade I started having uncontrollable stomach problems and my parents took me to the doctor and they wanted to run a bunch of tests on me my parents go out to dinner they fight the whole time about money because it was in the 70s times were tough right I don't even know if we had insurance Um, left us at home with the babysitter and when they got home the babysitter said Dina had stomach problems while you were gone just wanted you to know blah 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 the babysitter leaves my parents think they put us all to bed and um, I got up because I was still having stomach problems but they didn't know it and they were fighting about me fighting about my stomach problems and what the doctors wanted to do and everything. And my dad was like, we don't have money to do this. When you're a kid and you're hearing this, that does something to you, right? And they're fighting over me. And my parents didn't fight 
nicely, calling each other names. Um, and I'm standing outside their door listening to every bit of this. And my dad leaves, comes back about five minutes later with a big wad of money in his hand. And he throws it at my mom and says, there, will that fix her now? So not only did I hear that, now I've heard I'm broken. And I need to be fixed. And I'm the problem around here. I'm being abused by my brother. And I'm just in third grade trying to absorb it all. That's a lot for a little third grader to take in. So children, if you're in this room and you're going through something, your parents want to hear it. Don't internalize it. Don't hold it in because that does not do good things for you. Your parents want to hear it. They want to hear what's on your heart, what you're dealing with at school. So my parents eventually took me to the doctor. I still internalize things today that's the way I learned to deal with it. Why do I tell you guys that story? Because I wish then we would have had a church that believed in the next generation. I believe I would have came out different. I wouldn't be messed up like I am today. If somebody else would have said, you're not broken, Dina. If somebody else would have walked alongside my parents said, that's not the way you talk with each other. That's not the way you deal with problems. You know? Somebody said, do you blame your parents for the way you grew up? I don't. I love my parents. I'm so thankful for my parents. Could they have done better? Yeah. Right? That's why marriage ministries are so important, guys, because they do marriage mentoring. If my parents just would have had that, if they would have had the counseling. That's why I believe in marriages, because they are still married to this day, and they are miserable. But I can tell you, I look at that, and I'm like, I'm not going to be like that. This generation is going to be different. So that's why I believe in the next gen, too, because I don't want another child to believe they're broken. I don't want them to believe the lies that they're not good enough. I want them to know who God called them to be. And that happens through next gen. That happens when parents are healthy and whole and can speak that over their kids. That's why next gen and marriages are super important here at Freedom Center Church. Because you guys, each one of you sitting in these seats are important. And we want to invest in you guys. So am I saying this offering we're getting ready to take is going to fix everything? No. Right? The money my dad threw at my mom didn't fix me. There's wounds that go way deep that are going to have to be healed. But what it does, it puts me in atmospheres where God can do some pretty amazing things. And that's what we're doing, guys. The offering we're getting ready to receive, we're sowing seeds so people can get put in atmospheres where God can do what only God can do. So I want to invite you guys today to partner with my husband and I. We've already set what we're going to do. I pray you guys have been praying together as well. We get to be a part of this, and I could not be more excited because when I think about the kids that my finances are going to send to camp and what God's going to do in their life, that's pretty incredible, right? I wish somebody would have sent me to camp when I was a kid. So I invite you guys to do the same with us. Also, as you go out today, we have water bottles for all of you guys. There's 28 gumballs in each water bottle. The reason for that, I want you guys to take one out. There's 28 for every day of this month, if you count it as four weeks. Because here's the problem, parents. We say, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll call the counselor tomorrow. I'll call the marriage ministries tomorrow. I'll talk to my child tomorrow. And as you take one out daily, I want you guys to see how fast a month goes. 
because it's gone before you know it. And then you're left with no tomorrows. So take one, put it on your dresser, take a gumball out every day. I don't know how you divide it in a big family, but um, that's yours to take. Also, some of them say next-gen ministries, some say marriage ministries. That's to remind you to pray for those ministries daily. Because I believe today God's going to start something incredible that only he can do. Um, Also, as you exit, we do have people. If you would like to sign up for marriage mentoring, look for people wearing shirts like this. They have iPads ready to sign you up. If you would like to help us with Explore by volunteering, you can sign up for that as well. Also, some of you are saying, I don't want to give, Dean. I already do. I already, you know. Some of you could help us by covering your credit card fees. Every time that you give by your credit card, which we give by our credit card, let me tell you, I want those points. And I want my Sky Miles. We do, but we cover our fees, and that would help us tremendously. So if any of the three of those you would like to do, Find somebody outside with the iPads, and they can help you guys to do that. If you would like to do cash or check today, you can do it on your way out. If you would like to do credit card, there's actually uh, little cards in the seat pocket in front of you guys. I'm ready to change a generation, whether it's a generation of marriage or a generation of kids, and I hope you guys are too. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to pray over you guys, send you out, and man... What an emotional Sunday. Thanks, Pastor Les. That was actually why I wasn't up here at the beginning, because I had forgotten that story, and so God was speaking to me and um, doing some crazy stuff. But I know all of you guys have crazy stories, too. Also, it's never too late to invest in your marriage. Never too late to grow. So, God, we just thank you, Father, for who you are. We thank you for marriages in this room, Father, but God, I pray for um, people who maybe marriage hasn't been what they thought it was going to be, or maybe they've seen it done poorly, or maybe they've experienced divorce, Father. I pray for healing in their hearts, Jesus. God, I pray that you would do what only you can do right now, Father. I know this is such a hard subject for some people, kids sitting in this room who've experienced divorce, God. Kids that have heard things they should have never heard, Jesus, I pray that you would just cleanse them right now, that they would not hear those anymore, that those words would be gone, and that they would hear you saying to them um, that they have a plan and they have a purpose, Father. God, thank you for what you're getting ready to do. I just believe you're going to blow us all away. So, Father... Do what only you can do. I could stand up here and talk all day long, and it doesn't do anything. You're the one that moves the hearts. So I pray for obedience, Jesus. And we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are exiting a little different today. Um, We had to pivot again this morning. (laughs) We had big plans. So um, we pivoted, and this part of the room... You're going to exit right back there where Pastor Carl is. We have ushers that are coming to help you. This part of the room, you're going to exit right back there where Jeff Waltz and John Yinger are standing.